Hello, welcome to Remote Patrol. Oh boy. I shouldn't say it like that. It should be, oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. How does he... Never mind. Scott's here. I'm oh. here. We're going to talk Quantum Leap. Hi, you know what? We're only ten, 10 seconds into the show, so I'm probably going to have to make you restart it because now I have another production question. Am I recording my end over here? Do you know it's going pretty well today? Um... No, let's let's risk it today. Okay. I, f- I feel like living on the edge. <laughs> Outstanding. We should do it normally, but I'm I'm living on the edge today. Yeah, but today we're just going to go for it. Yeah, anything could happen. So All today right. this is episode two of Quantum Leap. No, this is episode three of Quantum Leap. Quantum Leap, if you count the pilot as a double episode. Mm-hmm. So according to IMDb, this is episode three. Star crossed yes. June fifteenth, nineteen seventy two. On TV in 1989. Uh, I'll read you the uh, full the, the summary from IMDb. Uh, at a small Ohio college, Sam Beckett is a literature professor who must discourage the amorous advances of a student and finds the woman who left him at the altar. Sam hopes that resolving her conflicts with her father will prevent her from deserting him. That's basically it. It's it's a good summary. That is a good summary. Um he leaps into the body of an old guy, or a very unattractive old guy, a mm-hmm. college professor. A frumpy, middle-aged, we'll call it. Middle-aged. Do you know, I hate to say this, but I think you and I are middle-aged. I refuse to accept it. So do I, but... At least publicly, but in, yeah. in private, um, yeah, I am uh, incredibly old. Yeah, it's upsetting, I know, but... Yeah, um, and we meet... Someone who's who Sam's ex girlfriend essentially, in the form of Terry Hatcher. Now, once again, I don't, I don't want to come off as being sexist and chauvinistic, but I I quite enjoyed watching a twenty five year old Terry Hatcher for forty five minutes. Uh, that that was quite fun. I I would I think take this single episode and if you want to throw in um. Uh, Star Trek The Next Generation Season 2, The Outrageous Okana, if you want to toss that in as a little bonus, I would take uh, those two shows over the entire run of Desperate Housewives any day of the week. I've never seen a single Desperate Housewives, you know. Neither have I. That says a lot. Some mm-hmm. people like it, though, don't they? It's very popular. Uh, it it was in its day. Uh doesn't tend to get uh, mentioned all that much anymore. Is it, not it, st- had a, it had its moment, and now it's done. Is it not still on? Uh, no, I think it's been out of production for uh, some time now. All right, that shows what I know. Shows what I know. Um, now then, I'm going to go through my notes because I made this. They're sort of timed. Is there, is there a pteranodon near you, or, or something? Oh, I, are they coming Sorry. through? Yep, those are birds outside the window. I can close that if you like. It's it's. I'm okay with it. It's just birds, and I imagine they'll leave. It's a nice sound of nature. <laughs> We can um, pretend that I am podcasting from uh, the great outdoors. They just sounded a bit prehistoric. That was all. <laughs> That's birds for you. So what mm-hmm. I noticed is, so episode three, we're still explaining the entire concept of the show at this point. Uh-huh. Which I find weird that it's Sam's voice because he's supposed to not know any of the stuff. Yeah, it's it's taking the... The personal journal written after the fact approach, which I can't remember if they continued doing that throughout the series or not. 
Well, they certainly don't do it forever. I don't know if they do it throughout season one. We'll 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 learn this as we go on, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was it, it makes it just a little bit twee, a little bit. I'm I'm glad they stopped doing it. But maybe they felt they had to. Clearly, they felt they had to. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. You know, it at at the very least it helps in the uh, early episodes, like training wheels for the viewer to make sure that they are uh, following along as much as they can with the mechanics of the uh, of the through line story that they are laying out. Mm. Which, uh, in some ways, it helps because it. Uh, it keeps the viewer up to date and informed on how leaping works uh, as far as the replacing the physical body. Everyone else sees the other physical body, um, how it works that Sam can see Al and hear him and where he goes when he's not around, things like that. Um, as well as the, what they call the Swiss cheese memory effect. It keeps the, the viewer in the loop with all of that. Um, but sometimes they don't, uh, I don't have the words and this is where my big stammering comes in. They don't always have the best time pulling off some of the smaller aspects like the bureaucracy of the committee that runs Project Quantum Leap. Well, we see a lot of that, don't we? With what I I actually wrote down, the most frightening removal of Al ever to feature in the show Quantum Leap. <laughs> yes. Because there's, you know... The concept is only Al can see Sam and only Sam can see Al. It's a brainwave thing, not an actual vision thing. And mm-hmm. so when Al, we we get an early glimpse, at sort of, as you say, the bureaucracy behind Project Quantum Leap, which goes out the window pretty fucking quickly. It has to be Yes, said, it does. Because it's boring. But we get a little bit of it in this one. And we actually, it's all about Al telling Sam things he's not supposed to tell him. I think they eventually just decide fuck it tell him what whatever you want that's fine um and and we see him sort of dragged off but of course we can't see the people dragging him off and i swear it's like something out of a stephen king novel it's (laughs) it's horrifying it's not meant to be at all it's i think it's meant to be funny uh just to see him being dragged off by invisible forces but it's terrifying Mm -hmm. absolutely terrifying the the way it was filmed uh did end up being very effective in its uh, unsettlingness. Um, but they do create, unfortunately, um, a continuity error for later on in the series. I want to say uh, end of season three into season four. Um, the uh, uh, minor spoiler alert, but not a big one. Uh, the episode uh, Shock Therapy. Oh, yeah. There is a moment where someone else from Project Quantum Leap shows up to uh, to see and talk to Sam and for Sam to see and talk to them. And the way they can do that is by Al holding their hand. So what they're showing us is physical contact will bring them into the hologram ah. in a way that Sam can see them. But with at least two people grabbing a hold of Al in this situation, they're still invisible. Now, no one's going to really notice or care at least in the original run because people aren't uh dissecting the episodes the way most of us do with all shows today so back then no one would have noticed but now as i'm watching it with years of uh 
of memories behind it. Yeah, that that was an oops that they didn't know they were making at the time. I'm so going to let them off that because having a problem with that is a level of nerdiness I'm not prepared to go to. Is is that's where it is? It's like, well, I could. Do you know what? I'm going to explain it because when he's holding hands with the woman that Sam can see, that is actual skin on skin physical contact, whereas the people dragging dragging him off clearly had hold of him by his arms, which were fully clothed. <laughs> There, you see, and that's nothing to do with it. We've just made all of that up ourselves. They're just like, guys, it's it's just a TV show. Just, it's mm-hmm. all right. Just, I, I will bet you money that the people who wrote Shock Therapy didn't even think of that one time that yeah. Al got pulled out of the room by like, other people. Like they cared to, to, you know what, to pick up on something like that, every writer would have to go back and look at every episode that had been written previously. Because that's not even like a story plot. That's just a, a choice a director made. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of thing. It, it's, oh, no, it, it's too tiny a thing. Now, it's, in a perfect world, the writers would notice that sort of thing because the writers of the show would consist of one, maybe two people, and they write every script for every season of the entire series. That's why I like Babylon 5 so much. But That rarely you know, happens. Yeah, net, network television, it doesn't work like that. You get spec scripts and you get uh, headhunters and you get people who come on and write uh, one episode and then, then they're gone again. And it's it's factory television. That's why NCIS has been able to run for how many seasons now? Probably 13. Ugh. Never seen it. It's uh, Now, for, for several years, I loved NCIS, which is another Donald Belisario production. Um it was a spinoff of the television series Jag that he also created. And for a while, I really liked it because it's fun. Mark Harmon does a great job. The supporting characters are always a lot of fun. But after, say, six, seven years, you start to realize, wait a minute, this is a p- procedural, just like all the rest of the procedurals, which means before the credits, someone dies. Mm-hmm. At the end of the episode, they find the killer. And in between, they do all the same shit they do every episode of every series of this type. And before the first commercial break, you know who the killer is because it's a game of, okay, pick the characters who are not in every episode. How many do we have? Three? Okay. Your chances are 33%. Pick one. Hey, that's the killer. You win. This is like Criminal Minds. Yeah, see? it's That's another of the same, uh, of the same television family. But I love Criminal Minds. <laughs> they're all it's like they're all my friends <laughs> it's wonderful well to a degree every show is like that i'm not going to say that gotham is free of all procedural elements it it has its uh procedural side to it but i'm still watching it every week because i'm really enjoying it so cool i'm talking out of both sides of my mouth with it <laughs> It's fine. Do you know what? There's room for so many different types of television show. And and what does it matter what we enjoy as long as it's not X Factor? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you see. Now, one other thing I wanted to mention before we, you know, go anywhere near spoilers. At the beginning of the show, in the, uh, the opening explanation sort of thing, mm-hmm. I'm perhaps leaving this a bit late. I should have just got this in ages ago. They, they mention God. And clearly, this is another thing that gets dropped as things progress. Uh, but they are specifically mention, mentioning, quote, the big guy. 
being responsible for it. It's yeah. I I'm happy that they dropped it because I'm a little bit uncomfortable with it. It's it's not a religious story. Oh, well, keep in mind they didn't. They don't drop it entirely. Um, they back off of it quite a bit. But we'll notice as the series goes on that every now and again, if there's a discussion of what is driving the leaps, then they will usually postulate what if it's a higher power, what if it's God or something similar. And that goes all the way through even to uh, um, the final episode. There's there's more discussion on it on it there in a big way. So they don't they, they don't clearly cut that talk out of the show. But they they certainly don't uh, don't lean into it quite as much uh, as we go on. Which, like you, I'm glad for it because it when you when you suggest that God is the reason that the entire show is happening, then you open the door to make it a religious show. And you know, touched by an angel made it very clear, and that's fine. I never watched it because I that made me uncomfortable. Same thing with Michael Landon's highway to heaven. It's an angel. It's, it's heaven. The show is going to have an agenda. And I'm not saying this in, a, in necessarily a negative way, mm. but if, if God and or religion is the driving force for the show, then it's going to make some people uncomfortable and it will, it will push viewers away and it will make them tune out this show. While they did mention it near the beginning, they backed off it quite a bit. And I think that allowed people like us, to enjoy it uh, more than we would have if they had made it a main part of the story. I'm with you on that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I also have, for early on stuff, collegial quantum leap music. I can't remember if they do this. This is sort of a thing to keep our eye out for because I can't remember if they follow on doing this. Mm -hmm. There was, and this might be a bit of a TV trope, do you know what? Hang on, I need to look up TV tropes. Are, are, are you familiar with the TV tropes dot org? Yeah, I I don't visit it often, but I've been there before, and I I know their deal. Yeah. Now there is a massive. This is for those of you who haven't heard. This is TV tropes dot org. Uh, if you Google TV tropes quantum leap, you'll get to what I'm about to go to, which is series. Now let's see. Um. This has changed severely since I was last here. Quantum Leap provide Right. And this basically talks about all the TV tropes that a television show has an example of. Okay? Now, these are, a TV trope is something... Uh, either a famous aspect of something... Uh, or... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not stereotypical. Clichéd thing in a TV mm. show. And people have taken the time to go through and name all these things. And if you go to the page for Quantum Leap, I'll link it in the show notes. Hang on. Wait a second. Can you hear me typing? Uh, I cannot. You cannot. Okay, doesn't matter. That actually means my microphone's pretty good. What I'm doing is... Do you know, I've spent ten and a half years saying, I'll put it in the show notes. And... The, we all know it's a lie now, don't we? We all know that's bullshit. I'm not putting it anywhere. So what I'm... Because I forget. Even, you know, I forget to do it. So what I'm doing, I've got a note 
here on my computer that was for this episode and I'm putting show notes at the bottom. So I will link to these things. I, w- I will know to put them there, you see? How good is that? So you can actually this, visit this page now that we're This is going about. to throw people off more than hearing we'll put it in the show notes and then not finding them. Yeah, now you'll actually find it. Or, or at least this is the best chance we've had in a while for you to find it. I realize I'm saying this before the posting of the episode, so anything <laughs> could go wrong between now and then. Uh, I've sent you a link to this page over the Skype. Now, the mm-hmm. the list of tropes that Quantum Leap has is rather extensive, to say the very least. M- more than it should for a show that ran for five seasons. There's almost an, an example of everything. Um, well, it ran for five seasons in the 80s. So, <laughs> is that a long? T- is that a long time for the 80s? Or um, well, no, I for. Well, actually, no. Now that I look at it, it was the eight, 80s and early 90s, which not to say that that was a long time back then, but uh, I think a lot of shows were more trope heavy in those days than they might necessarily be today. Right. OK. Um, what I'm looking for. Is something music related? No, no. I'm, I was just searching for the word music using the, the web browser. What I noticed they did at the beginning of this this episode is when Sam steps out in onto the college campus, they played the the uh, Quantum Leap theme music, but it's kind of written in a kind of it, it's arranged differently. It's done in the style of sort of the opening music to Animal House. That sort of it's very collegial, is what mm-hmm. I came out with, and. I, I, you know, this is an instance of them rewriting the theme tune in a jaunty style to fit the surroundings, and I, I yeah. want to look out for them doing this again. Well, they did it. I, I would say uh, no less than three times in this episode. the The main theme, uh, the melody for the main theme, was played in different styles at different speeds for whatever the scene called for. It, th- yeah. There were times where it felt as though. It was the only music they had for the show. Hmm. Was the main theme, and they just kept playing it over and over again. The trouble with Quantum Leap, the way it exists today, is the reason that it was uh, so difficult to get it onto DVD and why we have an incomplete series posted on Netflix right now is because of the music rights that uh, were used throughout the show. And the there was legal trouble in getting the rights for uh, you know, home video releases and so on. Yeah. So a lot of the DVDs have replacement music in place of whatever original songs were in there. And I don't know if what we are watching contains the original music or the replacement music that they use to get around those, those legal obstacles. And if it was replacement music, then it would make sense for them to take the title theme that everyone knew and just change it up a little bit. So it could be that this is what was put on television originally in 1989. Yeah. Or this could be a side effect of, of the DVDs. So we might be giving it crap that it doesn't deserve, but it, it was, it was the eighties and the nineties. We can make fun of it all we want. We're allowed. You know, now I'm curious as to what version of this I watched. Cause I actually bought it from iTunes. Uh, today. Uh, oh, okay. Because it was one of those, you know, it's it's the ultimate in laziness. I actually paid one ninety nine to not have to get up off my ass. 
I've got to watch this. Oh, but if you want to watch it, then you've got to take your laptop back upstairs, set it up, plug in the Plex server, then come back down again and stream it over the... Or it's just there on iTunes. Oh, fuck it, I'll buy it. So I, I bought it. And it's in HD, and my version wasn't in HD. Uh, so I'm now going to look it up on the actual store app because I bought it via the Apple TV and that doesn't give you all the information it possibly could but it's in HD as well have I said that I think I've just said that out loud anyway mm-hmm. um, yeah, mine is um, I would almost guarantee not I'm I, the, the source of what I'm watching is uh, the DVDs right so I wonder where this is from because obviously it's it's not out on Blu-ray that I'm aware of sadly no and it looks like, yeah, Apple have only got season one. That's it. Hmm. But I can buy the rest of it for £10. I might end up doing that at some point. These are these are shows I'm going to watch a lot more. Uh, well, many more times. I was going to say <laughs> a lot more times. <laughs> but I'm not five, so I won't. I speak for a living. <sighs> Shall we? Um, I mean, I, I actually feel we can continue spoiler free. Because to a certain extent, with an episode of Quantum Leap, the plot is kind of irrelevant. Isn't it? I mean, for, not, for not, the most part. For, yeah. for the most if, part. It's, if it's an especially good story that they've crafted, then then yeah, it, it can deserve a bit of discussion. But... Um, I think what I love about Quantum Leap and I think what a lot of other people like too are not the week to week individual stories that he finds himself in, but the the journey of the character or characters. Oh yes. Sa- Sam and Al going through this experience for five seasons, that's what people love. The the time where Sam was able to convince a college girl to stop lusting after him, not as uh gripping. That college girl must have been thirty-five if she was day. <laughs> yeah, she was. I, she was not like nineteen or something. In my mind, I just explained it away as well. It's it's like a community college where people of all ages are are showing up. I just explained um, it away as yeah, they cast older actors to be college kids in the eighties. They did that yeah. a lot. I mean, look at Animal House. We've mentioned that. There's not a teenager near that film. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and and this was the same. Mind you. Uh, the the guy playing a boyfriend must have been pushing 40. <laughs> so it kind of worked out all right. You know, it was just they looked like adults being college kids, which was a little odd. And, you know, even Terry Hatcher, while looking spectacular, still looked about five, six years too old. Uh, mm-hmm. I did the math. She was 25. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, that's that's how old she was, but that's that's how they did things. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that 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 woman was far too that woman. She was far too old. She was not a college girl. Uh, not at all. Not even close. Um, uh, th- there were a few notes that I took down that are that do not deal with the spoilers that uh, that I don't think we've we've quite uh, touched upon yet. Um, first off, the quick note of uh, when Sam notices what he looks like in the mirror. And he's confused why all these college girls are are fawning over him. Uh, so are all the viewers, and they don't really explain it at all. To have one girl that is 
that is hot for teacher in that way, okay, fine. I, there's something wrong with her, but we'll go with it. But they made it clear that his class was filled with 100% females and all of them wanted yeah. a, a, a bit a bit of Sam. And and every time we see him talk to Terry Hatcher, it's as if she's getting ready to fend off advances of sexual assault. And right. that's like he's really got a reputation. Yeah, she's about to put him on the registry just for being yeah. in the same room. She's very uncomfortable. And they throughout the entire episode they don't explain why he is so popular. Um uh, so that bothered me, but I eventually got over it. Yeah, um, I kind of forgot about it, but now you mention it, it is odd. Mm-hmm. It, uh, another example of, um, excuse me, the type of storytelling that uh, will continue throughout the series, a very small moment, but after uh, the girl that was really into him bumped into him and dropped her books, and she's helping to pick everything up, and he sees on the notebook, her name is written on it in big letters, and it was a nice example of just really quick, he catches sight of it, he works it out, this is a girl's name, and just and and uh, rolls with it. This is an example of Sam thinking on his feet and adapting to the leap. And it's, I would say, the first example of him uh, really doing that well. Yeah. That's... Uh, ca- catching a detail, factoring it into his uh, behavior, and helping to... Um, blend in with with his surroundings and be who he's supposed to be. And we know that that's going to happen more and more throughout the series, but this was the first example and I really enjoyed it. Now, he he lost points. The points that he gained for that, he lost them again when he's having a discussion with that girl's boyfriend who um, mentions how much he is into wrestling. And then moments later, Sam refers to him as a baseball, er, as a football player. Oh, right. He should be a better listener than that. Yeah. But again, we we just roll with it. Um, I already talked about how I didn't like the Quantum Leap Committee being mentioned, especially not seeing them. It's hard for us to conceptualize the um, the over, oversight structure for the project without being able to see anyone. If they'd set a few of the scenes in 1999, you know, in the mountain at Project Quantum Leap, then that would help. But they never take us there except for very, very rare instances that we'll get to in later years. So it's hard to understand what they're trying to tell us about how the things operate without showing it to us. I think that's why they were happy to drop it later, because I I just don't think it's interesting. Or it adds a a level of tension sort of beyond... uh, You're sort of adding maybe something beyond Sam's control. Like, the tension in the episodes come from will he complete his task or not? Rather than worrying, is Project Quantum Leap going to be shut down? Which is something that is just a big hanging over your head kind of thing. Sam can't do anything about that. He's stuck in whatever time it is. Yeah, um, they'll bring they'll bring it up a few times throughout the series. And when they do, it's not Sam's problem. It becomes Al's problem. Yeah. So it gives him a, a B plot in, a, in whatever particular episode they decide to put it in. Um, this will come back again in uh um oh, i know i know that there's an episode where the project is in danger of being uh, defunded but by the end of the leap changes that are made to history cause the um the the oversight committee's decision to change and they continue to fund the project so 
that's an example. The trilogy that we get in season five, mm. that also uh, acknowledges the fact that there are like many people employed by the project to keep it running. It's not just Al and uh, Tina and Gushy standing around Ziggy in the uh, you know near the imaging chamber, and that's the entire project. They make it clear there's more to it than that, but not often. It's not even clear what the more to it than that is. Like what? What are they all doing? Who knows? We never know. That we never. We, we have to assume that there's going to be data miners. There's going to be. Um, there's probably going to be financial people. There's going to be historians. Uh, a lot of technical people who are working on trying to find a way to bring him back to 1999. And then you know, let's assume there's going to be a personnel department and a human resources department, and uh, maybe may a marketing department. Catering. Because what's that? Catering. Yes, they have to have a cafeteria. So we just set Siri off. <laughs> That's why I don't plug her in when I'm recording. It's not plugged in. That's the nightmare with this one. It just so, goes off whenever it wants. It's always listening. Oh, you mean iOS 9 does not require Siri to be plugged in in order to uh, activate with voice? No, you need the 6S. It, it's not an iOS 9 thing. It's a 6S thing. Oh, oh well, then, then I'm I'm still okay. I lucked out. Yeah, you're still okay, but forever <laughs> from now, from your next one onwards, you'll be cursed. Uh, um, that'll be a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I wanted to point out: Ziggy is male in this episode. Yeah, I noticed that. <laughs> they do mention it. They refer to him mm-hmm. and he, and I. I'm wondering now. If there is an explanation for the the change, or if it's just never mentioned, it kind of I, I kind of like it better with Ziggy being female because they have that. Do you know there's there's you've got all the flirtiness of Al's character, and there are, there were instances of him sort of having a, as if he's in a relationship with this computer because it has a personality and it mm-hmm. talks to him, and you know it it's it's a nice sort of thing they put in there. Uh, I just didn't remember them ever referring to the computer as as man. Yeah, I don't remember any specific mention of changing the gender of the computer. Um, I always remembered Ziggy being female. So either they start out by referring to Ziggy as male, and then as Ziggy becomes more of a um, uh, an ever present uh, fixture of the show. And we'll definitely see that when we get the introduction, the the proper introduction of the hand link that Al, the yeah. the, the mobile device that we- Al will use when he shows up to talk to Sam. Um, once we see that, then we're going to get more of Ziggy because that is basically a physical extension of Ziggy that shows up with Al every time. So we're going to hear more about Ziggy once that happens. And that's probably when they're going to change the, the gender from male to female. Whether they acknowledge it or not, that's what I'm going to be watching for. Yeah, that's we've got to keep an eye out for that. Things to keep an eye out for in Quantum Leap might start a new note. Because we've got... The, what else have we got? The music thing. That was the other thing. Keep mm-hmm. an eye on the music. Keep an eye on Ziggy's gender. And it hadn't occurred to me that they don't have the hand link yet. But of course they don't. That's That's mm-hmm. coming in a bit. I don't remember when or how it's introduced. I 
I would assume that it's just going to show up at some point. Yeah. I don't I don't know that they even mention it or make it a big deal. I know that there are two designs. The first one is much more uh sleek and plain, but then shortly thereafter they introduce the uh multicolored, blocky, oddly shaped one. Yeah. See And I tell you, if I could find an iPhone six plus case designed to look like that, I would I don't care how much money I have, I'm buying it. I'll find the money later because I must have that. Well, I need Apple to build in as a feature to the operating system the ability to make the iPhone scream when I hit it on the side and things like that. (laughs) It's when he's shaking it and it sounds like he's shaking it. I want it to do that. That's what I need. And you're going to have to do that at the operating system level. So uh, crack on with that. You're talking about the, the, the squeals and yelps from the hand link. Yeah. In the show, yeah. Well, they they should be able to find a way to make that a feature of the case, because it's going to have to be big and blocky. There should be plenty of room for a few uh, a few LED lights in there, yeah, and some some motion or concussion activated uh, uh, speakers. Get on it, Apple. That's that's what I say. Get get or on it. listeners that are engineers, make this happen. Do it. Yeah, somebody out there, please. Well, I I think that we should leave it there. Well, there is one one more. There's one more thing that I had, uh, one mild complaint, before we get into any spoiler stuff, if any. Um, I don't know if you have any spoiler items, but... I don't. Uh, one, one last thing that I wanted to mention, and this might lead into uh, spoiler territory, uh, and that is I did not like the fact that we had our feature-length premiere episode which laid the groundwork and set the story in motion fine the first regular episode that we have they're already jumping into sam is coming up against personal aspects of the leap and looking to take advantage of it while he's there to do something else i would have preferred at least one episode preferably a handful that are just standard leaps He's there, he has a mission, figure it out, accomplish it, leap out. Do that a few times before we throw in, I have this uh, mission to accomplish before I can leap out. Oh, and here's something else that I can do for myself, even though that's kind of wrong, and I said so myself when I created the project, but I'm going to do it anyway, because this is the girl that I was engaged to. That is him breaking the rules, but without any sort of status quo leaps, before that, yeah, we don't know that he's breaking the rules. This is setting a precedent that every time there's going to be a mission and a personal side quest for him to do at the same time. <clears throat> it, it's a. I kind of see what you're saying. I, I th- yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. It's interesting to put it in this early because it kind of establishes that. Oh, I just realized I was about to take us into spoiler territory. Aha. Well, I, tell I figured you what, that this one was going to was going to do that for us. Yeah, I, it just occurred to me that the rest of the sentence was going to blow a plot point. Um, here is where I will put the spoiler noise. Okay. Uh, spoilers. I'm going to write the time code down as well. 43. So we, so we know how many seconds to tell people to jump ahead? Well, what I'll do 
is at this point there'll have been a sound. Well, here's the spoilers. So from now on, there's spoilers, basically, and there'll be a mm-hmm. sound indicating spoilers from this point on. Does that sound fair enough? Yep. Okay. So now I can spoil. What point was I making? What the hell was I talking about? I've totally I, lost. I'm all sure it. it had to have it had to have something to do with Donna. Something to do with Donna. Yeah. Okay. So we we think he's going to try and change the past to affect his own life. Like so, he wants to, she jilted him at the altar, and he kind of wanted to put that right for his own benefit. Um, mm-hmm. And but he doesn't manage it. It doesn't happen. She doesn't become his wife. Um. Oh, oh shit! Wait, does she? Well, if we're in spoiler territory, then then yes, jumping ahead uh, three or four seasons, yes, it worked. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Of course, it does. Shit! But he does he doesn't know it, and we don't know it either until she shows up again in uh, the leap home, yeah. which is uh, it's, it's the premiere of either four or five. I can't remember which season, um, but. He and Al switch places. Al is now leaping, and Sam is the hologram. And he gets out of the imaging chamber, and there's Donna, which we have yeah. not seen nor heard from since the second episode. It was remembering that that stopped me in my tracks. Um, how does what if I? I'm confused and and scared. Um, how does what what happens at the end? I swear to God, I watched this today. That's why why I just feel crazy now. It's like. But I watched it, and suddenly it's... I, I, I've messed up all the memory of it. You're trying to remember what happened at the end of Starcrossed? Yeah. Uh, he um, gets Donna and her dad back together to see each other, and they, the two of them, mend fences. Yeah. And um, the girl that has been chasing him from school, uh, apparently uh, a nap in the backseat of a car with her boyfriend fixed their relationship, so they're fine. Um and that was all that it took to uh, to complete the leap. Oh, and uh, uh, Sam also, excuse me, uh, had a, a brief glancing involvement with the Watergate scandal. But He, he did, yeah. I remember all re- of that. They really underplayed that one. <laughs> I remember all of that. That was, I think I just, I think I've missed or have forgotten Al's sort of summing up at the end of the episode. But I saw it all because he's a boxer next. That's mm-hmm. what have I missed? Do you know? I swear to God, sometimes I'm looking at a television, but my brain just—it's restarting or something. It's—it's it's very odd. I always feel well, bad because it makes that me happens think. to me a lot as well. But I—I I don't know that you necessarily missed anything, or if it was the uh, the producers and the writers that missed something. Maybe they... because the end—the ending seemed very, very pat. It was, okay, Donna and Dad, they hug. Uh, Jamie Lee and her boyfriend, they snuggle. Mission accomplished. Yeah. Off you go. I remember all of that. And they never... I'll be interested to see if uh, the following episode, where he's a boxer, if they mention Donna at all. Because the reason that Sam did what he did with her was because he wanted to try to um, relieve her of her um, abandonment issues mm-hmm. so they could be married later. But there was no mention of it at the end of this episode whether or not it worked. And they'll never and, mention her again. 
ever. Yeah, if they if they don't mention this at the beginning of the next episode, just as a reference to the fact that it happened, if they don't do that, then yeah, we are never going to hear anything of it until until she shows up. At which point we realize that. Yes, they were married the whole time now because of the change in the timeline, but Sam didn't remember it. It's weird, isn't it? And it, you know what? Mm. You get into weird time paradoxes with, but if they were married all the time, then how would he have... He couldn't have been not married to her to go back and change the fact that he got married to her and all of this sort of thing. It mm. messes with... You I, have to let so much go with the show, you know? I... I always find myself wanting to quote an episode of Deep Space Nine. I can't remember the episode title, but O'Brien keeps uh, like jumping forward in time a few hours for a minute, and then he comes back again. And near the end of that episode, there are two O'Briens in the same room talking with each other, and they're trying to figure out this same type of problem that, that, that we have with, uh, with a paradox situation. Both of them just pause for a moment, and at the same time, both O'Briens say, I hate temporal mechanics. I do as well. I hate temporal mechanics. It's great. Yeah, I know the bit you mean. It's uh, it's nearly impossible to make a compelling uh, narrative while still obeying even the most basic laws of temporal mechanics. Yeah, if you mess with it too much, you get timeline. You know, it, it can go very badly. Mm-hmm. I think so best best leave it alone uh, is there anything else you wanted to mention I don't think so it would just be more complaining about how they would put uh, the the ex-fiance storyline so early in the series because that makes it feel much less special if we know what a normal leap is supposed to be and then you throw in something like my ex-fiance who left me at the altar I can fix this that is a compelling aspect of the personal story that we don't usually get so when it shows up eight episodes into the season it's a treat when it shows up in the first regular episode of the season it is not nearly as special as it could be they have they, they've crippled the emotional impact of it okay so should we do some sort of give each episode a rating out of five or something like that i'm i'm up for it if you are okay i hadn't really thought of it I feel like we should, do, you know, is, was this a good episode of Quantum Leap? To sort of summarize, you know, I yeah, I would give this a three out of five. This was by no means special or anything like that. I kind of, were it not for the Donna aspect of the long-term plot, which is only a minor thing, I feel you could do without seeing this one. Like it wouldn't really did. I mean, when I say that, watch them all. Obviously, why would you not? Right. <laughs> but you know, in terms of do you re if you were wanting to get the entire Quantum Leap experience condensed down uh, into as few episodes as possible, could you do without this one and not detract from the overall experience? Yeah, yeah, you could. I think, especially considering the fact that later on, when we get to the episode, the leap home. And we see Donna again. This episode is not mentioned. Exactly. You you are losing nothing. You're losing you're losing one more opportunity to see a 25 year old Terry Hatcher. Which, to be honest, if I were trying to convince someone of the existence of intelligent design, I would point to that. 
to her. This Sorry, is where I you put a parenthetical refer. rating of six. Yes. If uh, we're adding her into the mix. That, that's true. Worth watching just for that. Um, it's, it's, yeah. Okay. I would, <laughs> I would venture to say that uh, a three is what I would give it as well. Um, giving it a four gives it too much credit. I want to be able to give it a four this early, but it's, it's not quite there. It is still, for the most part, a pretty uh, middle of the road as far as quality. Um, there were points during the episode where I found the, the writing and Scott Bakula's performance to be um, wittier than I was remembering or wittier than I was expecting from uh, a sci-fi drama in the late 80s. But when I was watching through, actually, we watched this through twice. I watched it through twice. Yeah. Um, and even the second time going through the, you know, the good lines, the funny lines, and the ones that he pulled off really well, I was still chuckling at him because he's just so fucking charming. He is. He's someone that I want to meet. We'll, we'll set up an interview. We're gonna we're gonna have to get an interview show before we finish our run of this podcast. I told you, I'm, I'm scared of those. Well, that's why I, I'll do it. Okay, I'm up for that. So I'm writing down Starcrust as having a three out of five. Mm-hmm. I think rather than give it, giving them individual scores, we'll we'll agree on one because that that sounds reasonable. We can do it. It's only two of us. We can yeah. agree on a on a score. I think because I kind of yeah, want to be able to put together a re, a resource a resource a resource of sort of here's a list of our ratings of episodes and. We could do things like if you could boil them down, which ones can you do without? Which ones do you absolutely have to see? All that sort of thing. At the moment, I've just written Starcrossed three out of five. I'm even going to delete the out of five because it's always going to be out of five. So I'll just put Starcrossed three. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. And I can add to that as the show goes on. So do we want to give it a number score and then an indicator to let people know whether they need to watch it or don't need to watch it? Yeah, let's give it another thing. So can I put a table on this? I'm on the new notes thing and I don't really know what I'm doing. I should have done this in one note where I know where things are. I'll do it later. Uh, we'll say don't need to watch. Yeah. I will, yeah. Ignore me moaning about how I organize shit like this. It doesn't matter. No one cares. No one cares. Shut up, Richard. Okay. So, um, we will have an email address as we record this. We haven't put an episode out yet. Um, just for your information, Scott, I was just waiting till the end of the month when we did the new Simply Everything and then blast this out with several episodes, brand new and that sort of thing. And Oh, very good. Very good. Give it a big push that so because there's going to be loads of stuff so that's what i thought so we will have emails or you can email us if you want to share your opinions on stuff like that uh the email address will be oh boy at simply syndicated.com so please feel free to send us start sending us email once you hear me say this because you know we'll have an email address then we just don't right now but it doesn't matter because you can't hear me so you know <laughs> where we are that makes sense to me okay well we'll back later with episode three four this is gonna fuck me up (laughs) 
because now episode two of that, it was going to work out perfectly, but now it's never going to work out for the rest of this show's run. Now our episode two is Quantum Leap episode three, and it will be that fucked up forever. I am okay with doing a a discussion episode that is not about a particular episode of Quantum Leap. That way we can bump our numbering up one, and then we can line up with the with the show's episode numbers. Let's do I'm that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, let's do that. We'll do that. Um, so right, so ne- next episode, we are not going to discuss an episode of the show. We're going to come up with something else. Okay, that works. Let's do that. Yeah. I'll, I will think of something. No idea what yet. We'll think of something. I have a few. Cool. Right then. Thank you, Scott. And thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back later with more Quantum Leap. Bye-bye. Goodbye. That was awesome. I suck at sign-offs because anytime I, it, my, my goodbyes always sound disingenuous and, and forced. I have to come up with something else. I'll think of something. Okay. I'll leave that with you because, <laughs> yeah, whatever feels natural. Right. That's, that's what um, it needs to I, be. I noticed that when we do movie news, I normally just kind of keep silent and let everyone else say goodbye. And I just quietly slink away. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if you've ever – do you listen to the show all the way through? Um, the the movie news? Yeah. No, I usually don't. No, me, I totally understand that. I don't listen to any of our, our shows because I'm on them. I don't want to listen to that. Um, but when it comes to the end, I generally cut everybody off. <laughs> this was the thing. I ex- the the only person I've really explained this to before is Ian, because uh, he figured it out. Um, but we always had there's always this problem and this is it's not just true of movie news it's true of every show that I've ever recorded with more than one person on it right so all of them there's always a really awkward first of all no one sounds good saying bye it never sounds genuine it's not just you worrying about how you say it it's everyone who's ever been on a podcast so there's that (laughs) element of it and plus you always get that no one knows in what order we're saying it and does a listener really need to hear every individual presenter of a show say bye-bye? You know, <laughs> it's all odd. So generally, when I'm editing, after I do the first goodbye, I, I cut there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the thing is, no one ever listens to the show they're on, and they certainly never listen through to the end, so they never know. And just to avoid all discussion or anything on the subject... I just never told anyone. <laughs> that's that's the truth. And the only person that's ever twigged is Ian. And now I'm telling you. Alison knows about it. But I just always leave it clean. It's just so much cleaner if it's just me saying goodbye. And then it ends. Because mm-hmm. it's always... It's always... You get the bye. Bye, bye, bye. And it's no one needs to hear that. It's not... It doesn't round it off neatly for me, so I I just cut it. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's that it, it it makes it too ragged at the end. You mm. need a clean break. Exactly. I don't know if that if that's not offensive or that's not bad, is it? That I do that. That's not something that would bother people, is it? No, I don't think so at all. No, I think it, no. Good. I, I I subscribe to your um to to your line of thinking. Yes. Um. So now it they're, they're always me. When we do do ask to tell, because Ian's the only one who knows, he never says goodbye, because he knows I'm just going to cut it later. 
Um, but now everybody kind of waits for him to say goodbye, but I know it's never coming. So there's always an even bigger pause as people wait for him. It never happens. And then they all stumble over saying goodbye. <laughs> the fun of running a podcast network and this stuff has just sort of evolved and worked its way in over the years. We just never decided how to end a show. And now 10 years later, we still have no idea how to end a show. <laughs> Don't know what I tell you. Maybe if I'd worked in radio or something, I'd be better at this. But no, no, not at all. Eh, who needs it? Yeah. I'm going to start doing video stuff soon anyway. Or more video stuff. I'm looking forward yeah. to it. I've got a chroma key sheet coming on Wednesday. Ooh. We'll see how well it works. But it... I'm jealous that's on my wish list of things to get when we eventually move. When I have studio space, that's something that I I was hoping to get eventually. So cheap. Did I talk about this on Saturday? I don't know if I... No. I didn't tell you I, I was getting it. I think it was Boz I was telling. Let me tell you how much it cost. Hang on. I'll just bring up the order on Amazon. You, you can so get this. You might well go and order one when we're done talking. Um... Green photo, backdrop, chroma key, 1.6 meter by 3.2 meters. So I believe that's 6 by 9 foot. And that was the epic price. And I had to kind of beg, borrow and steal this. £4.15. <laughs> now, now, is it just the sheet? Does it come with any sort of a kit? That's just the sheet. If you want the just stand, the there's, there's a, a stand you can get separately. And that is around the £25 price mark. You can put all this stuff together that you need for such little money. I thought chroma key sheet would cost a lot of money. I certainly didn't think it would cost less than I've just paid the window cleaner before the show started. (laughs) But there it is. Um, You can get a set. There is a kit. Hang on. I'll be able to find that pretty quick. With a select, so it's got the stand to hold the sheet, it's got a green sheet, a white sheet, and a black sheet, so you can swap them. It's got the pegs to hold them up, it all comes in a bag, and there's two umbrella style uh, lights with bulbs, and that is £98. Oh, what's it? Hold on just a second. About $120. Siri, convert £98 to US dollars. Answer is $150.39. Still not awful. Exactly. For for all of that as well, because I'm told the trick with it is, is the lighting. Because um, mm-hmm. if you put a light on you, you cast a shadow on the back and that's a color you can't remove. So you need a light source on you and one behind you to destroy any shadows you cast on the thing. Yeah, you have to light yourself and the sheet. Yeah. And so this kit that comes with two lights is spot on perfect if you didn't get the kit you'd end up buying two lights separately um gosh there's a kit here that's it has softbox lights instead of umbrella style lights it's 72 pounds which is nothing just you know it's so cheap and nowadays iMovie does green screen removal you don't need a clever app you don't need something expensive and unobtainable on the software side there's a free mm-hmm. app that will do it on your mac which blows my mind still oh i iMovie had uh um 
a feature. I, it wasn't it wasn't great. Uh, it didn't do it perfectly, but it did have a, a, a mechanism in the programming to remove background at, on on my machine. My machine is seven years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they made that for uh, iChat when that was still a thing. And they made it so on a video chat, if you stepped out of frame, it worked out what your background was. And then when you were back in, in frame, it could remove the background to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And it could make it look like you were chatting on a roller coaster or underwater or something. Yeah, I remember the roller coaster. It looked awful. It did. It looked awful. No one ever, whoever like was on an IM going, this video chat's pretty good. But if only I could look like I was on a roller coaster, that would really push it over the edge into usefulness. No one ever said that. So I'm not surprised they dropped doing it, to be honest. Yeah. Plus, it, like you say, it really wasn't great. It wasn't great. Uh, so yeah, more video stuff, I'm thinking. I've just got loads of ideas for things. I've, I'm going into creative overdrive at the moment. It's It feels good. It really does. I'm going to do some vape videos as well. Got lots of uh, e-juices saved up to do reviews and things like that. I will watch those. I'm also. Having... I don't know that I would. I don't know that I would uh, do well to be on any show about it, but I'll watch it. I'm going to do them in video. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Oh well, then I can't be on them. Fine. Yeah, it would be difficult. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm looking. I'm going to get that started. I've got a tripod coming. All kinds of things, and it's also ch- the tripod was fourteen pounds. Something like that. It just needs to hold my phone. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't need to be, be, you know, be professional grade or anything like that. It's it's all good. I'm thinking of putting the green screen behind the sofa in the living room. Just on the wall. So I can make it look like I'm sat on the sofa in space or something like that. <laughs> space couch. Yeah. That's my plan. Right. I'm going to get off and go and find some food and all of that and I won't take up any more of your day thank you for doing that and for putting up with my lateness again uh, it's alright um, uh, but before you go uh, let's see, I, there, there were two things, two real quick things first off um, uh, an idea that I had for our next episode that we're not going to cover an episode uh, our episode where we don't discuss an episode Right? Um, are we too early on in the series um, in your opinion to do a discussion of how they could bring the show back no we can do that let's do that that's okay. a great idea because i i have a pitch that would it would only require scott bacula and dean stockwell to be uh guest stars to do the occasional guest appearance um it would have a new time traveling mechanic um and and then by the end of the first season we have brought back the evil leaper and their version of ziggy Right, no, I like that. Let's do it. Cool. Okay, I'll have to write some notes down there. Awesome. I'll I put w- it right next to my notes that tell us how we can bring Stargate back and let the story continue in an organic way. It's really awesome. Cool, I'll get to that too. And it's never going to happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> right, take care. I'll speak to you later. All right, thanks. Bye. See ya.